Um, glad you're here this morning. We've got, um, this is summer, yeah, I guess summer's here, right? I know we have, yeah. Yeah, we need to, need to be praying for each other, because I know, Liz, I think we have about 10 families on vacation. They've been in Colorado and Florida, and they're in Tennessee. They're all over the place today. So uh, a lot of people are traveling. They're going to be traveling all throughout the summer, so just try to hold each other up in prayer for, for safety as we travel. And uh, Where's something going on up here at that sound? For safety as everybody travels and that we uh, get back back and ready to fellowship and hear the word of God as we come and go this summer. Uh, everybody's out making memories, aren't they? And we make a few here today. The sermon's called Don't Panic. And there's a, there's a lot of times, um, there's a lot of things we can panic over in our lives. Um, and as we follow this go and be thing that I've been on for this is the ninth week of it, off and on, uh, we're following Exodus. We're in chapter 7. We're in the first seven verses of Exodus. Um, and we're just going to stay in the first seven. Then we're going to hit the plagues. We're going to start the plagues probably next week. And in a couple weeks from now, there's a sermon coming up called um, One More Night with the Frogs. That'd be two or three weeks from now. But one more night with the frogs, and I want you to invite some people to be here with that sermon. It's an, it's an encouraging, it's a, a, di- a different title. One more night for frogs. There's a, what are we doing, Donna? Is there something going on? I got ghosts up here. I don't know what, it, they don't raise up. Thanks, Donna. Seems like we've been having trouble the last several weeks, different things. Anyway, don't panic. Um, another light you're on up here this week for whatever reason. I guess maybe that's, maybe I don't know. Let's, uh, let's open in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you this morning, Father, we thank you for your love and your devotion to us, Father, and, and that you're always so merciful, and your forgiveness is, it just never seems to stop, and and Lord, we, we do pray for uh, the, the many, many families that are out and uh, visiting this, uh, this, this country we love and uh, vacationing and making wonderful memories with their children and uh, their loved ones. Father, we ask that you bless them, Father, and you protect them as they travel throughout this summer as, as the people come and go, Father, and enjoy their lives. Father, we ask you to protect, put an edge of protection around the safety and, and that we just enjoy uh, being with our families and enjoy you as being a part of our families. Father, would you bless this day? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, you know, there's a, in my line of work, doors, um, there's a uh, thing we call a panic device. Right? I've put on literally, I don't know, thousands upon thousands, 10,000 upon 10,000 of these. Back the last couple of weeks, I've been putting on lots of them. And uh, they come up with that several years ago. It usually goes on a fire-rated door into an area where... Uh, there's a lot of people, and uh, uh, they went to this device because people, when they get panicked, they, they seem to can't remember to turn a doorknob or turn the lever. They just get panicked, and they just start pushing. They just start kind of going out of, the, out of control for a while. So some, uh, somebody came up with a wonderful idea that we'll just put a push bar, a panic bar on it. That's what they call it, a panic bar. So you just have to push on it. Because that's what it seems like when we get in panics, that's, that's the only thing we know is we just want to get out. 
whatever's going on, we just want out of it. And we're just going to actually go insane a little bit, trying to, trying, trying to escape it. Uh, and, uh, uh, but we don't have to. We don't need, uh, we, don't need to ha- we don't need to do that. And God's word can reveal that to us. And uh, Moses, in, Exodus, in uh, chapter 7 of Exodus, if you've got your Bibles, open them up. Uh, in chapter 7 of Exodus, Moses uh, has every right to be fearful, scared, uh, panic. Uh, uh, he, is, he has gone in front of Pharaoh and, 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 and told, did exactly what God told him to do, and uh, it didn't work out well. So he goes back to the people, and the people, that didn't work out well. And, but God still says, I got, I've got something more for you to do, and he's going to give you a, he's going to give us the reason and the purpose and all that. We'll look at that today in these, in these few verses. But I think that one of the main things I got out of this as, as, a, as a pastor of the church is or, or, or if you've got, got a mission, a missions or, 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 or something that God's got you doing somewhere in the church or somewhere else, whatever, whatever you're doing or whatever it is you're doing for God, and things start to seem like it's just not working out, it's not going, don't panic. Because I'll tell you, the minute we start to panic, that's the minute we're playing right into Satan. Satan's betting on us panicking. I mean, he's just betting on you're going to panic and try to run out the door and can't get out the door and then just coming into a total disarray in your life. But if we go to God's word, we'll understand we don't have to panic. And God has gave us these examples in the past. And Moses is a wonderful one. If we go through Exodus 7, uh, Exodus, uh, chapter 7 here, we're going to see this. Uh, like I said, Moses had every opportunity to panic. But yet he didn't. I'm not saying he wasn't, wasn't I'm not saying that that was, he probably did not really want to go in front of Pharaoh. I bet he wasn't just dancing to Pharaoh with his twinkie toes on or whatever. He was probably not too anxious to get there. But he went. And he didn't panic because he trusted God with what God has given him. Oh, my dear. Oh, maybe that's it. Don't panic. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm on all kinds. Of, I'm on different kinds of medication right now, so maybe they may blame it on that. I'm on some prednisone, and yeah, blame it on that. Blame it on turning 62 this year. Um, where's little Donna? <laughs> Sneaking around here. He's going to jump out and scream. She's so little you can't see her. Oh, man. Ain't that something? You know, I'll tell you, I love this church. This church is a wonderful church. There's a lot of wonderful things going on in this church, and there's a lot of just a, a lot of great people. And uh, sometimes I hear from you guys, and, and you, you give me things at the right time, and, and uh uh, I just love hearing from you. I love hearing how God's moving in your lives, and, and I'll tell you, just keep doing it. Amen? Just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. It's out of my pocket. Let's get started. No matter how difficult the pathway God has, has you on becomes don't panic. No matter what's going on, I, I'm just going to tell you, just, just don't panic. Panic will turn to fear. Fear will turn to want to quit. Fear will turn to, I'm not going back. Uh, uh, if you follow Exodus, you follow the, the people of Israel, every time something went wrong, they were panicking and wanting to head back to Egypt. So you can't do that. This next verse, 
This next principle I want to give you, I wrote it down in my Bible, and I would recommend that you open up your Bible this morning if you want to. And I brought some of my old Bibles up here. I've got a lot of old Bibles that are just, they're old, and they're there. I've written so many of them. And what I did in this next verse, I wrote this on it. It says, if peace does not lead you, listen to me, peace. That's the peace of God. Now, if I want to go out and be and be these things, I've got to go out with peace. I can't go out in a panic mode. I can't go out thinking I don't belong doing this. I've got to go out with peace in my heart because the people out there, they need peace. Amen? I mean, there's got to be a true separation. And all through Exodus, we're going to read over and over again that one of the main goals God wants to do is separate his people. And so there's got to be a true separation. We can't look like the world. We just can't. We've got to come together and, and, and love together and trust together and be separated from the world. Or why would the world want to come in here? There's no reason for it. Why would they bother? So there's a true separation that Moses is wanting to do, that God's wanting to do, and use Moses to do it. It says, if peace did not lead you, then evil has creeped in to steal you. Amen? You can believe me or not. I don't care. But I'm telling you that. I wrote that down in my Bible. It's a wonderful thing that God gave me on, on Friday morning. If peace doesn't lead you, then evil is creeping in to steal you. And I've noticed that, that evil, that thing that comes over me, a critical spirit, critical about others, critical about different things. I, I've had that in my own life. More than, I, more than I want to imagine. People ought to be doing this and doing that. I'll tell you what, it's God that does things. Amen? It's God that changes everything. So when these things start to, start to creep in, and if it's not of peace, if it's not of love, then it's not of God. It's just not. And Satan would have loved to turn Moses around. He would have loved. He was, he was betting on Moses to run and hide. He was betting on Moses to, to be... Not of God, but to panic and say, I've had enough. How can I lead two or three million people when they can't even listen to what I'm saying? And I go up here in front of, of, of Pharaoh, and that's a picture of Pharaoh. Isn't that a mean-looking guy? And we put that up there because I want you to recognize as we go through here, this is what Pharaoh represents Satan. It's evil. It's Satan. That's who you're going up against to try to release people from Egypt. That's what God's dealing with. It's not a pretty picture. It's not something that... Uh, uh, that we can just act like it's not, it doesn't exist. It exists. Evil exists. And the world's full of it. And that's just a picture of it. The, the most powerful man on the face of the earth at this time is what, we're, is what uh, Moses is up against. And we're up against it too. And we want to go and be and we want to tell people about Jesus Christ, share our, I'm getting dizzy up here, share our God stories about Jesus Christ. Those things are going to come against us. Just don't panic. Just don't panic. In Psalms 29, 11, I'll start here this morning. It says, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood. In other words, he, he sat in his throne room in heaven. He watched the flood take place that he allowed to take place on the earth. And he gave, what, six, seven, eight people a chance to live, and they did. Noah. Did Noah panic? I don't know. I know we got on the boat. I know we got on the boat. And the Lord sits as king forever. Everybody say king forever. Now that means king over your circumstances. That means king over anything you want to panic over. That means what, that's what he's doing. He's sitting there. He sees it. Verse 11, it says, the Lord will give you what? Everybody say that word. Strength. So don't panic. The Lord will give you strength to his, 
to what? To what? His people, right? Who, who are his people? At this time, it's Israel. It's a nation. He's rising up out of the dirt, rising up out of, out of just a few people, and now it's in millions of people. It's that. And now, and today in our time, it's the church age. We are his people, along with Israel. We are his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Do you guys believe that? Okay. Well, that's something that Moses had to grab a hold of. He had to know the peace of God. He had to understand these things or he couldn't go. So if we want to go and be in, and, and, and not panic in the circumstance, come on, one of the things you've got to understand, I mean, you've got to understand, is that, that that Pharaoh there or that evil, that Satan, does not want you to go and be. He does not want you to talk about God. He does not want you to, to mention God and forget about your God stories. He doesn't want no part of that. And the more you want to go, the more you want to turn to the truth of God, the more you allow God to change your life, the harder it comes at you. Well, preacher, I thought everything would be hunky-dory. Well, I don't know where you got that from. Some prosperity stuff, I guess. But the truth about it is, if peace is not coming over you, then something's wrong. And you're going to panic. Because the love of God and the joy of God, that should be entering with your heart to take out that destruction that wants to come and destroy you. Y'all follow me, all right? So the Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits at, as king forever. That's a, that's, that's a wonderful promise for us. It's forever. He's never not going to be king over our lives. The Lord will give strength. Well, what, what's the strength? That's the power and the understanding and the wisdom to keep going. To keep going, no matter what the panic might look like. To keep going. To his people, the Lord will bless you his people with peace. If you're struggling with peace, then you're struggling with God. Amen? Um, you're, if you're struggling with peace, you're struggling. There should be peace in everything that you're doing with God. Peace. And the love with God. Peace. The world doesn't know this type of peace, but we should know it. Becoming God's vessels to go and be will require your total heart and soul. Everybody say total heart and soul. Total. 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 Because Satan is going to come after you. That, that, the thing right there, he's coming after you. He's going to throw everything he can at you. It's got to be a total, a total submission. What's wrong with most churches, most Christians? It's not total. It's partial. It, it, it's, it's based on whatever God will do for me. If God does this, I'll do this. That's nowhere in my Bible. It's a total submission to God. The world doesn't understand those things. But the church, you should understand those things. It should be expected of you to understand those things. Become God's vessels to go and be will require total heart and soul under God's control. Whose control? Everybody say God's control. Under God's control. Not man's control. God's control. God controls us. He controls the church. He controls this world. It's under God's control. And authority. It's his authority. Amen? Separate from the world. There's that word. Separate again. Separate from the world. No matter what the opposition unleashes. Because the opposition is going to unleash some ugly things. Things you can never dream. In my walk with God over the many, many years... I've been the devil many times. I've been called the devil many times. Buddy, you know about that, don't you? We're buddy, he ain't right here. 
Blackwell, you've heard, I've been called the devil, I don't know how many times. Devil himself. Guess what? I'm not the devil. I'm the truth giver from the Word of God. And the people that don't want to hear the truth from the Word of God, they can say whatever they want. I don't need to panic over that. Because I know where I am with God. And each one of you should know where you're at with God. You should know if you're in your Bible, studying your Bible. You should know if you're in your prayer life and your prayer life's going wonderful. You should know. You should know. And therefore, if those things are going smoothly and correctly with God, then expect opposition. Expect it. One of my old-time principles is if you're not fighting evil, then there's no good for evil to fight. Because it's going to come. And the more you turn to God, the more you love God, the more at peace you come with God, the more evil wants to take that peace from you. Do not let it steal it from you. You hold firm in the Word of God. You hold firm. Moses, this wonderful man, I, I don't know if there's another man in the Bible like Moses. Nobody else had this, this position like Moses. This next verse I'll take you to, this is, a, this is a, 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 an offer to Moses. He's, an offer that God's giving Moses It's telling Moses what's going to happen. It's a powerful one. It says here in 7.1, So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as what? God to Pharaoh. Well, I've got news for you. Pharaoh is his own God. And he's got lots of little G's. But, but he claims himself to be a God. And I really don't think Pharaoh wants to battle with God. He wants to destroy God, just like Satan. He wants to destroy God. He didn't want to claim that Moses is like a God. So automatically, he's going to try to get Moses to panic. He's going to do everything he can to destroy what Moses is doing through God. And for us, the same thing comes upon us as we go out into the world. You've got to recognize that. Understand what's coming against us. See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. And Aaron, your brother, shall be your prophet. I'm going to stick around here for a few minutes. Let's see where this goes. Who's talking to Moses? God. Who do we talk to? We talk to God, don't we? I talk to God in my, my Bible. I talk to God when I'm praying. I talk to God in a lot of different ways. When I'm, when I'm going down, I'm talking to God. And God talks back. He talks back. So the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. Moses is the leader. He's the leader of Israel. Did he want to be? No, God made him that. God picked him out, chose him, elect, whatever you want to call it, and placed him in this position. Now you've got, as, as, as you go out and, and try to go and be, whether it's to your neighbor or whoever it is, and you bring people up on you, people come up on you, and you start to tell them about the Word of God, you start to give them the gospel of Jesus Christ, and God has chosen you for that, for that time. The first thing you've got to recognize is where you're at and who's God got you with. Recognize where God's working and go join him and work that way. But also recognize that Satan and evil will always try to stop you. He'll always try to make you panic. There may be somebody right there in that same crowd that are going to test you every which way they can. They're going to test your feelings, your emotions. They're going to test what you know. Vicky's mother, many, many years ago, she's been gone for many years now, she had a boyfriend. His name was Pat. I think he's, in his, he's probably close to 100 by now, isn't he, Vic? Still alive. The most cantankerous man. 
This is this the, this the cantankerous man. Now, he, 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 would, he would tell me and he would brag about it. People come to his door and knock, 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 and, and he'd invite them in, and it would be a Jehovah Witness or a Southern Baptist. It didn't matter. He would bring them in because he wanted to play with them. He wanted to play with them. He wanted to cause as much havoc in their life as possible. And one of the first things you've got to understand, is God working there? No, no. It may take a few minutes to understand that, but you can always hold out your hand and say, have a nice day and walk away. But what his job, what he, what he thought his job was being, and he's, he, he's not a man of God at all. He's an atheist or agnostic at best. What his job, what he wanted to do was destroy people's faith. Destroy what they, wanted, what they really believed. And he tried that on me for, for many times. And finally, I had, finally he just looked at me one day. He said, point that finger at me. He said, don't you ever pray for me again. And I said, I'll continue to pray for you, but I doubt I see you anymore. That was at Vicky's mom's funeral, and I haven't seen him since. That's what you're up against. You can't win them all, amen? But win those that God is working with. Be a blessing to people. Enjoy them. Have peace with them. Satan will try to make you panic, to make your fear come up, to make your hair rise up, so you'll walk away and these people say, well, they're no better than I am. And for somehow that gives them a peace that they, it's a strange peace they're looking for. The Lord said to Moses, see, I have made you as God to Pharaoh. I'm the pastor of the crossing. I have a different calling than the rest of you. But we all have a calling, Amen. We all have calling. My job is just a little, or my mission or whatever you want to call it, is just a little different than some of your other ones. God calls us all to do this, and I'll show you in a little while. And he gives us a reason. He gives us a plan and a purpose to fulfill these. And if you're going to panic over every time something goes wrong, then you're not going to last very long. If you're going to panic over every time somebody says something about you or does this or that, you're, you need to learn that the Holy Spirit will just flip that stuff off if you allow it. No matter if you're a leader, no matter if you're a Sunday school teacher, no matter what it is. You've got to learn not to panic. Moses didn't panic. He may not have been excited and happy where, where God was taking him, but he did not panic. And he went. And he kept going. And he kept going. And he kept going. And no matter how many times he came back to the people, no matter how many, how many times these wonderful people... Wanted to throw him out to the wolves. He kept going. Amen? He kept going. Because his focus was not on the people. His focus was on the mission that God gave him. To help set Israel free. Now the church, what we try to do is set people free from sin. There's a, there's a, there's a, there's a process. It's called salvation. It's called redemption. It's called salvation and it's called sanctification. That's, the, that's, our, that's our kind of our roadmap. That's what we do. You, somebody has to, be, has to want the redemption, has to want to be saved, has to want to get out of Egypt, and does not want to go back. They have to want God to come in and change in their life, and I can't get that want from them. That has to be from God. I can't make anybody change, and by God, you need to listen. You can't make people change. Only God can do that. Only God can change people. And every time I set out to change somebody, I get in a mess. 
And a lot of people, I just, you know, when God asked me to start this church, it was freedom. It was freedom from legalism. It was freedom from man, some man saying, do this and do that. I grew up with that stuff. It didn't work. God changes people. We love people through peace and joy. But if you haven't got in your heart to let God do the work, and you want to do the work, there's an issue. Only God can change people. And I'll stand on that till the day I die. If I want to go and be, I have to understand. It's not what I, there's churches out there, there's churches around here. I know Vicky's had her, some of her family went to churches, and the first thing they did when they walk in the door, oh, how you doing? And love them up, get out, and then, as soon as the service was over, they had put their arms around them and say, come here, we got a room back here. Come on back here. And they take them in a room. These are the clothes you're supposed to wear. You think I'm lying? I'm not lying. These are the way you're supposed to look. Who's trying to change those people? God or people? People. A lot of them will walk out the door never knowing the peace of love of God because man tried to do something. Got right in God's way. If you want to be a leader for God, if you want to go out and enjoy the magnificent miracles that he does in our lives, if you want to be blessed and have great peace, then you've got to allow God to do these things. Amen? Because as soon as something comes up, you're going to panic. And you're going to get fearful. You're going to run. You're going to run. God appointed Moses. And it was going to be like a God. Because Satan hates God. I don't understand why church people don't understand Satan hates you. He, he ain't got no problem with the world. He hates you. And we need to be on guard for that. And those people that we want to go and see and go and be in love and have peace with them and understanding with them, we've got to understand they're in a great hold of evil. Start a relationship with people. Love people. Enjoy them and show them the power of God that's changed your life. Because when God changes you, when God changes you, you change. Amen? Amen? One more time. When God changes you, you change. When man changes you, you'll rebel. It may take a while, but you will. Freedom. Freedom. That's what God asked me to give in this church, and freedom is what I'll give. When we accept the responsibility, listen, we've got to accept the responsibility to go and be. We've got to accept that. We've got to accept that this is what God is calling us to be. I'll give you some verses in a minute. But we've got to accept that in our life. It's a responsibility. And it's not just for certain people in the church. It's for everybody that comes to the Lord. You should be excited about God. Excited about the God stories that He's given you and the passion that He gives you to love people. I've told you the story many times, but I struggled with loving people. I struggled with even loving the church at times. Some of the, some of the, some of the darkest things in my life have happened in the church. And I struggle with that. I do. But I can have peace with it. Amen? I can, I can trust God with it. Because God's got a mission. And I want to be on the mission. 
I used to spend a lot of time, I was telling somebody the other day, I used to spend a lot of time in, 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 before, I, before the crossing, and, and I led lots of people to the Lord. I baptized lots of people. I did a lot of wonderful things for God. It was only because of God was changing me and allowing me to be excited about people. And I would spend lots of time, a lot more time than I do now. And I just, I, I mean, honestly, I really miss it. But I would go places and just see people, and I would just pray with them. And right in the middle of anywhere, I would just grab them and pray with them and talk with them. And they would come, and they would want peace. They would want that peace that I have. And then my now, because of the crossing, not using an excuse, but, but it takes a lot more of my time and my energy. And I have seemed like I have faded away from, from bringing that peace and that love of God because I, I insert a lot of it, try to insert a lot of it here. I really want that back. I really want it back. I miss it. I desire it. It's what we're called to do. More Christians would be serious about the calling of God and the peace of God. Maybe this world will start to change. To be separate from the world. To be pulled out. So one of my goals right now is to pray that I get that back. I can remember in times I would just, it could be anything on the job, so I could be anything. And I was always focused on praying with people and, and telling them about the word of God. And I'm, not, I'm still that way, but not nearly like I was. When I came to the church, I said, I'm about building the kingdom of God, not a church. Because that's what I've always done. I had great peace in it. And sometimes people would wiggle and they would squirm. Sometimes they'd want to go around a corner and hide behind a door. I don't care. I'll go with them. Like, I don't care. I'll go with them. Dale, I remember visiting you one time in the hospital many, many years ago. You remember that? I know you were a little bit uncomfortable when I walked in there. And several years later, he accepts the Lord in his life, and there he is. Amen? It was just the beginning, Dale. It was just a step. There's many steps. But if you panic, if you panic, you're going to miss the blessings of God. If you panic because Satan is throwing something at you, you're going to miss it. And our, 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 our guideline is the book of God, the word of God, the truth of God, the love of God. And Moses in these first seven verses, it is a wonderful opportunity. Responsibility to go and be. Accountability to go and be. Authority to go and be. Authority. You have authority over the God of creation to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't know what else you need but that. I mean, really, what else do you need but that? I mean, that's some, that's some really wonderful stuff. And he says, don't panic when things don't look right. Don't panic when you don't think it's going right. God's word will not return void. Amen. Amen. Another man right there visiting the hospital, struggling to live, struggling to breathe. Saved the day. In fact, here in the next few weeks, he's going to come up and give you a testimony. Saved today. Not because of me, but because of a vessel that God wanted to use. Amen? Amen. Listen up. Everybody, lift your heads up. If you're sleeping, please wake up. Somebody wake up and pinch them. The number one, the greatest blessing of being a, a servant of God, the greatest blessing 
is seeing a person accept the Lord Jesus Christ in their life and has been separated from Egypt to heaven. Y'all get me? And for you to be a part of that, there is no words to describe it. Because the God of all is using you to change maybe at least that one person's life. Amen? That's something to have peace over, to enjoy. Watching them grow in Christ. Watching them be baptized and turn their lives over to the Lord that we know. And you don't panic when something's not going right in their life and you think you've got to control it. You don't panic. That soul belongs to Jesus Christ. He will do the job. Your job is to pray for them. It is to love them. It is to encourage them. It is to show them the peace of God. That's our job. Amen? That's my mission. Never to control, but to love. We have an authority to go and be. The result is a people who are the voice of God. You shall speak all that I command you. This is God speaking to Moses. He doesn't, you, says, you're going to speak every single word I command you. No matter what, no matter how scary it looks, you're going to speak the word of God. You're not going to panic when, when Satan rises up and throws some kind of evil thing upon you where somebody's spewing out hatred words. You just stand there because you're not supposed to panic. You're not supposed to run out the room and start trying to figure out how to get out of the room. You stay in the peace of God. You stay in the strength of God. You say, well, preacher, this all sounds really tough. Well, that's because the world's really tough. It's because it's really hard. See, and if we don't as a church really take these things in, then we're never going to allow God to use our lives and hearts because everything's going to panic us. I would love for this church, for everybody in this church to lead somebody to the Lord. For everybody in this church to help disciple people, to help understand what sanctification is. To watch that process unfold. It's beautiful. And here God's allowing us to see it through Moses. He's allowing us to see a great leader. You shall, not, you shall speak all that I command you, and Aaron, your brother, shall tell, the, tell Pharaoh to send the children of Israel out of, his, out of his land. Man, that's some powerful stuff. The strongest man on the face of the earth that can kill you in an instant. He's already told Moses and Aaron to get out. He's already done it once. And here they come right back. And they go out and their people, don't even, their people won't even listen to them anymore. But here comes Moses and here comes his brother because of the power of God compels them. Amen? See that, if, if, if this, this compelling, I'm going to use this for a minute here. There should be something in you that compels you to tell people about Jesus Christ. It should compel you to say, I want you separate from the world. You shall speak all that I command you. Now, what we speak is the truth in the word of God. What God commands us out of his word. 
we speak it. If you look at some of my older Bibles here, I got lots of them more around at home and stuff, but, but if you'll see them in here, you're going to see targets and you'll see stuff. You open up the bird. You can't even hardly open. It's just full of notes. It's full of everything. And I used to carry this used to be my, my big Bertha Bible. I used to carry this around and scare people to death. And I used to put tabs on it because I, I struggled to remember where, although I memorized the Bible years ago, I would think, well, where is Ephesians versus Galatians? Well, it's just one book back that way, you know. But I would struggle, so I would put tabs. I recommend you put tabs on your Bibles if you need to. And I would put in here, and I used this. I couldn't tell you the many, I don't know how many times, but many, many times I'd put on there the verses I needed to take people to the understanding of who Jesus Christ is in their life. And I'd take them through this Bible. Many of you, I've done this with you. I'd take you through here and I'd give you the scriptures because man doesn't change people. God does. Amen? The Word of God changes people. Oh, man. And we'd go through it and, and sometimes they would say no and sometimes they'd get on their knees and pray the most beautiful prayers. And I'd look up to heaven and just be blessed so unbelievably blessed. And a peace would come over me. It's not my job to make sure those people are saved. That's God's job. That's between them and God. My job is to take them and give them the truth. Amen? If you'll relieve yourself of some of that stuff, you're going to do a lot better. This is one here. I love this Bible. It's a Henry Blackaby Bible from uh, Experiencing God. It is completely apart. <laughs> but I will never throw it away because I use it continuously. It's got notes in it. I've written all over it. I've, just, I've got notes everywhere. So if somebody had a question for me that I didn't know where it was at in the Bible at the time or my mind was messed up or whatever, I was tired or whatever, I could open this up and if somebody said, what's eternal salvation? Give me first of eternal salvation. I'd just write them down right there and I'd say, here we go. John 6, 37 through 40. John chapter 10, 27 through 29. Romans chapter 8, there's 31 through 9. Philippians 1, 6. And I could just go right there. If somebody wanted to know anything else about, about prayer or, or uh, attention, interest, desire, conviction, I got, the, I got it written down. I was preparing myself, amen? Because I needed to do that. And I still need to do it. I, I pre prepared the Bibles that I would carry with me. And I would prepare these things to, to be able to speak to people, to be able to open it up without losing their attention. Because God asked us to speak. Amen. And if we're not prepared to speak, we'll struggle to speak. The Great Commission in Matthew 28, 18, 19, 18, 20. How much time have I got? Am I doing all right? And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me. What authority? Say, ever say it again. All. all authority. That means all authority of over all the creation has been given to Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, the one I follow. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen? That's a promise we have from our Lord and Savior. And right there, it's, it's go and be, it's go and be, it's go and be. He says, if you'll follow back and follow the people that I've sent before you, you can see that you don't have to panic. You just follow. And some of you I'm going to call out to be leaders in, in different ways in life. 
you follow their examples. It's really not that hard. In Philippians 2.13 it reads, For it is God who works in your body, in you both, to will and to do for his what? Everybody give me them two words. Good pleasure. Now who's working? God. God does the work. Pharaoh could go in peace and not panic because God was doing it. He was just the vessel that God was going to use. We're just the vessel. God does the work. Some of you have got to get these things down in your heart. You've got to believe it with all you've got. Because some little evil man one day may try to tear you apart. You've got to be able to stand on the word of God and say, well, I don't think God's working here. Have a good day, sir. And walk out the door. Or somebody says, I've been thinking about going to church. You know, I've been thinking about Jesus lately. I've been thinking about God. Open door. Open door. Open door. If the church would be the church seven days a week, 24-7, and they would be focused upon God, focused on not panicking, focused upon now what would they say about me if I talk about Jesus, focused upon what we're called to do. We have a responsibility, an accountability, and authority to do so. The world will change. Do you believe me? The world would change. We can't seem to get out of our own way. Take a step forward and five back. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's his reasonings. It's his job, not mine. Five. That first Thessalonians 5, 5. You are all sons of light. If you've accepted Jesus Christ in your life and you did it through your heart and your soul, you are sons of light. Amen? You are sons of light. You, you bring the light of Christ out. You're peace. You're overwhelmed, people. There's something different. You have been separated. and There's something totally different from you than the world. You're not mingled up. You're not hanging out with it. It's totally different. If you want something to change in your life, if you're, a, if you're heavy on pornography, you best smash your TV and your computer or get on your knees and pray to the Lord. Amen? And you don't hang out on the sites that you want to hang out on. If you're an alcoholic or a drug addict or a workaholic, don't hang out with those people that promote that. Satan will play right into it and grab a hold of you. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of night, of the night, nor of darkness. Church, you're the light. Amen? And the light has a responsibility, accountability, and the authority to go and be the light. But you've got to have peace with God. Or the world will see it quickly. You know how a little child, Becky, you were a kindergarten teacher for years, weren't you? I know you loved that. They could spot somebody that was false, couldn't they? 
they could spot something that wasn't right. They didn't have much knowledge. But boy, what little wisdom they had was a God-given wisdom, wasn't it? They could spot it. They could know. Some of us got a lot of knowledge, but we don't have much wisdom. The result of God's work is under God's sovereign control, not ours. I don't know how many times God had me repeat this this week. The result of God's work is under God's sovereign control, not ours. Allow God to work. If you go and want to go and be in and want to change, help change people's lives, you think it's all up to you, you are, you're, you're in a heap of hurt. You're going to be disappointed so many times. And that disappointment wants to make you panic and wants to destroy your peace. I'm just going to read through a few of these verses. We're going to just touch on a couple of them here. And this is this, this, this verse 3 and 4. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart. God's going to tell Moses. He's telling Moses what he's going to do. He says, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. Guess what, Moses? It's going to get harder. You think this has been hard? <laughs> it's going to get harder. Because I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart. He's telling Moses, this, this stuff with the people you're dealing with, buddy, it's going to get worse. It is going to get hard. You have got to stay focused on the, on the mission that God has given you. And multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt. Now let me look. He's going to make Pharaoh hard. He's going to make Pharaoh hard. We're going to recognize, recognize that through the people that grumble and through all sorts of things. But then he says he's going to multiply his miracles and signs. I'll tell you what, when I need, a, when I need something for God, it always shows up. Amen? It always shows up. When the world wants to destroy me and make me panic, God is always there. He's always right on time. Always. Because we have a wonderful God. Wonderful Lord. Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs, my wonders in the land of Egypt, in the land of darkness, in the land of evil. They're going to see the true God, and it's not Pharaoh, and it's not all the little gods out there. They're going to see the true God, and it's going to take a little time, folks, but they're going to see it. But Pharaoh will not heed you. There again, he's warning him again. He's not going to listen to you. Some of these people we talk to and love and, and want to help. Some of them may be dying on their deathbed. Sometimes they're just not going to listen. And a false conversion is no good. So that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies, which is the 12 tribes that organize people, bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. That's a promise to Moses, and it's a promise to us. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Amen? And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. I wrote something down here. I want to make sure I get this right. Yeah, I'll do it in a minute. That I am the Lord. When I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them, I'll tell you what, when God stretched his hand out over me, I knew who he was. 
I knew who he was. It took a long time for me to surrender all that to who he was. But I got it. I got it. Now my walk may not have looked like I surrendered all the time in all the ways, but that's when I was in my teens or, or 20s. I knew who he was. I knew who he was. And it was up to God to change me. To call me out of that Egypt and that darkness. To keep changing me. To keep molding me. To keep breaking me. And to not panic when the world comes up against you. Or when anything comes up against you. Don't panic. And a pastor and his wife one time called me the most evil people the person he ever, ever saw. They ridiculed me. They persecuted me as much as you could be. I did what I needed to do, what God told me to do, and I kept the truth. Amen? And I will continue to do that. I listened to God. I'm a prayerful man. And that's what it takes from all of you, to be prayerful. I'm in the Word of God every single day. And that's what God wants from all of us. Not just Moses or just a pastor or, 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 or an evangelist or a missionary. But every single one of us are called to do these things. If I've got one prayer for this church, is that it would be a church that would follow Jesus Christ and go and be. To change the community. To change people's lives. To not bog down in the panic of the world. To look and listen to the lessons before us. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Why did God take this through all these things? Because evil's got to know that God is more powerful than evil. And so do you. You've got to understand evil has no control over God. But it will try its best to bring an evil spirit upon you. It'll give you a critical spirit and heartbeat if you allow it. It will do everything it can to destroy you. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and I bring them out, the children of Israel, from among them. And Moses is there and did so, just as the Lord commanded. Look at there, look at there. All the hardships that they know they're going to go, going to go through. All the things that God just warned them about. All the things he, they know is going to take place. They trust God or they wouldn't be there. They understand it's going to get worse before it gets better. And it doesn't get better very long. See, my home is not here on earth. It's in heaven. Amen? My job is to tell as many people as I can about Jesus Christ that they might want to follow him. Verse 6, Then Moses and Aaron did so, just as the Lord commanded them, so they did. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. What was all this? What's all this? Why, why all this? Why is God going through all this? It's what I said. So that all may see that sin has no authority over God. Amen? The, most, the strongest nation on the earth will bow down and give up all their belongings their animals, their gold, their silver. They will have no choice. When God is through with them, they will give up all of it and try to push Israel. They don't even want Israel around there anymore for a while. 
they panicked. They lost control. Because God is in control. Amen? It may look like sometimes that God's nowhere around or something. But I assure you, if you will not panic and you pay attention, God is right there in the middle of everything in your life. Amen? Did I shock y'all today or what? So that all may see that sin has no authority over God. Worship team, come on up. And the Egyptians shall know. I'll give this verse one more time. And the Egyptians shall know that evil, 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 all the things that are holding people down, all the things that are tearing churches apart, all the things that are tearing lives apart, all the things that are destructive in this world, that they will know that the Lord, which I stretch out my hand on Egypt, will bring out the children of Israel from among them. One day I'm out of here. One day even if I die or the Lord comes back, whatever, it ha whatever happens, he will come back. Well, however that looks like, whatever it is, I am out of here. Amen? And evil's going to know that they're in bad shape. Something is wrong in their life. And it's going to be too late. The throne of the white throne judgment, every knee shall bow. See, we're bowing before them because we have surrendered to Him. And a bow on your knees is a submission. You've submitted yourself to God. You're challenged for the week. And I'll tell you what, every time I preach a sermon through Exodus, it seems like whatever I preached on is going to come up. And i got to turn around and go back and remember what's going on, what I just preached on, because Satan's always going to try something. He's always going to try to shut us up. Amen? Church, everybody say, don't panic. Don't panic. God's got it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. I gave these verses. A lot of you weren't here last week. A lot of people are gone this week. But this is, I gave you a challenge last week. I don't know how many of you accepted that challenge. I know some people were said, I've accepted this challenge. I'm going to do it, and I hope you'll follow through with it. But I'll tell you, if you'll follow through with this, it's a 21-day prescription, three times daily. Three times daily, morning, noon, at night. Three times daily, if you'll take in this prescription and you, and you read these verses and you really mean it. And watch some powerful things happen in your life. Be ready for great peace and great blessings from God. Be ready. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And then verse 8, you can find that one on your own if you want. There it is, right? You got it up there? Be knowledgeable. Follow these instructions. Follow this prescription. Pray over it. And watch God do miracles. Let's stand. If you belong to Jesus Christ, if you're a child of God, if your heart is right with God, 
I don't know how, 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 how many different ways I can say this. If you have surrendered your life to God, then you're welcome at these tables. But to come up and, and take, partake of these tables with issues in your life, with things going on in your life, it's not going to affect me. It's going to affect you. If I don't tell you, it affects me. But if I tell you, then the accountability is on you. We come and we partake of these out of a love for our Lord and Savior. Not out of something to do, but because we remember what He did for us. We remember it. It's not something that just passed by like it was no big deal. He died that all things can change and He can make all things new. Come and enjoy the Lord today.